back, and thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren, and this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Ron Randall, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We do this podcast because we always enjoy reading and talking about Trekker and any of Ron Randall's other comics. Please consider visiting trekkercomic.com. That's Ron Randall's official site dedicated to Mercy St. Clair. It features a new page of Trekker material every Monday where the Dark Star Zephyr storyline is currently in progress, and we've recently met a couple of very interesting new characters in the story. While you're there checking out the latest page, you'll also find links to all of the ways to follow Ron Randall on social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. TrekkerComic.com also has a link to his Patreon page, where it is easy to donate and help support brand new Trekker material if you'd like. For a small monthly donation, you get an early look at each week's page and get a terrific behind-the-scenes look at the development of the page. In a recent exchange with a fan on Patreon, Ron even shared where he got the idea for Molly Sundowner's last name. When he was first creating the series, he was looking at various reference books and came across the word Sundowner, which in Australia is a word used to describe a wanderer. He thought that it was a perfect way to link the kindred spirits of Mercy and Molly by linking a trekker with a wanderer. That's just one example of the great little insights in Ron's process posts and replies. Very fun. In this episode, we're continuing our coverage of the latest trekker graphic novel with part two of Rites of Passage. We hope everyone has picked up their copies because we don't want to spoil the story for anyone. So if you have not, please pause the show and take a trip to your local comic shop or place an order online to get your very own copy and help support these great stories. Rites of Passage is available in print from Dark Horse Comics or in a digital collection from Comixology or the Dark Horse Comics app or from the Amazon Kindle store. We always enjoy hearing from other Trekker fans, and we know the show is more fun for everyone when we include your comments, so please take a moment and write in and let us know your thoughts. You could share your Trekker origin story or just let us know your favorite pages and panels. Anything you want to share will be appreciated. Trekker Talk is part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Xenozoic Xenophiles covers the post-apocalyptic adventure series Xenozoic Tales, featuring Cadillacs and Dinosaurs by writer and artist Mark Schultz. And Warlord Worlds is devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and more. Ron Randall, Mark Schultz, and Mike Grell are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are always filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is excellent. We hope you'll try out our other shows, and you'll find links to those podcasts in our show notes. Rites of Passage, Part 2. Story, Art, Colors, and Letters by Ron Randall. Cover by Ron Randall and Jeremy Colwell. Publisher, Mike Richardson. Editor, Chris Warner. Assistant Editor, Jemiah Jefferson. Collection Designer, Sandy Tanaka. Digital Art Technician, Adam Pruitt. Rites of Passage was originally published online at TrekkerComic.com in 2014 and 15 under the title Jekka and was collected and published by Dark Horse Comics in February 2017. The story is divided into three parts, with each part taking place in a different location. We'll cover each part in a separate episode, and if you want to hear Ron Randall talk about the origin of the story, be sure to check out our interview with him in episode 24. As with the Trekker Omnibus and the Train to Avalon Bay trade paperback, there's an art gallery at the end of the book, and as with those previous volumes, we'll cover the art gallery when we finish the final part of the book. (laughs) 
Part 2 of the story picks up in orbit on the Nautilus space platform. As with New Gellif, it isn't the best that Earth has to offer. Mercy is grudgingly following Bolt's lead as they proceed to meet their contact. Making their way through dark alleys into the bowels of the station, they see a tall man standing in the shadows. He is wearing a cloak and carrying a long staff. He and Bolt exchange passwords, and then Jekka steps toward him. He pulls out a large knife, but before Mercy can react, Jekka reaches out her hand and grabs the sharp blade. Blood drips from her hand down the length of the knife, and the blade begins to glow. She has passed the test. The man introduces himself as Wisu. He has new IDs and clothes for them. Mercy, Bolt, Wisu, and Jekka stride through the space station. The glass windows above them are filled with stars and orbiting space stations, and the moon can be seen in the distance. Their new clothes are intended to help them blend in, but Mercy clearly looks in charge and on guard as she strides out in front with her eyes scanning each person they pass on the way to their departing Starliner. On board the ship, Mercy and Jekka share a room. As Mercy checks her weapons, she questions Jekka about what's going on, but Jekka says she can't tell her anything. Mercy explains that the people chasing her won't stop, and that she can help more if she understands what's going on. Jekka agrees, but still can't tell her what's going on. In the next room, Wisu is thanking Bolt for everything that he and Rigel have done, but Bolt replies that it is Wisu, Jekka, and their people who have set themselves against the council. They deserve the real thanks. The first week of the trip drags by. Jekka finds Bolt sweet and funny and enjoys his stories as they roam through the ship looking at the amazing scenery through the many observation windows. Meanwhile, Wisu spends his time quietly teaching and instructing Jekka for the tasks ahead. Jekka seems unable to connect with Mercy until one evening when they are enjoying shug shakes and Jekka teases Bolt by calling him Jason Dolt, which gets a hearty laugh from Mercy. They all enjoy spending time in the ship's beautiful arboretum, filled with several species of birds and lush vegetation. It's here that Mercy confronts Bolt when she can get him alone. He tells her again that Molly is no agent. She simply signed a petition long ago that put her on Rigel's list as a potential sympathizer. But Mercy doesn't want to talk about Molly. She wants to talk about her mother. Bolt doesn't know a lot, but he'll tell her what he does know. Mercy's mother, Jillian, was one of Rigel's best field agents. She took enormous risks and struck great blows for the cause. She established standards that current agents are trained to attain. Then she met and fell in love with Alan St. Clair and left active field work, but she continued to work for Rigel behind the scenes, providing information when she could. Mercy tells him those are only words in a story. She wants proof, and Bolt offers to take her to Rigel's home base after his current mission. Mercy is infuriated by that comment, accusing Bolt of using her mother as a ploy to lure her into working for Rigel. She slugs him, and as he falls to the ground, an alarm rings out, and the arboretum is bathed in red light. Passengers begin to rush back to their quarters for safety as they listen to loudspeaker announcements. But Mercy knows this is a trap. The alarms went off when they were in the center of the Arboretum, furthest away from any exits. Mercy, Bolt, and Wisu take up a defensive stance to protect Jekka, as several men emerge from the lush foliage. The men are armed with knives to avoid attracting attention from the liner's security. Mercy races toward one, grabbing, twisting, and breaking his arm, causing him to drop his dagger. Mercy grabs it and stabs it into one of the other attackers before pulling it free and slicing across the chest of a third attacker. Meanwhile, Wisu turns his walking staff toward two approaching men, 
A bolt of electricity shoots from the staff, taking down the approaching men. Bolt takes down an attacker with his stun gun, but as another raises a knife to stab him in the back, Mercy fires her reeler, knocking the knife from the man's hand. Mercy then grabs Jekka and fires her reeler again into a tree, pulling Jekka up and onto a thick branch. Mercy then drops down onto another man and grabs his knife and then stabs the next closest attacker. The remaining men have had enough and run off into the trees. Bolt and Wisu help each other to their feet as Jekka lowers herself to the ground. Mercy stands with a bloody knife in each hand, surrounded by a circle of bodies lying on the ground. Our heroes know it won't be long before the attackers regroup and return, so they rush to the rooms to collect their belongings. As Mercy prepares her weapons, Jekka stares at two small carvings she keeps with her, and memories flood back to when she was younger with her mother. One of the carvings is of a dog she had when she was young, while the other carving came with a strange story from her mother about her future. Then a noise interrupts her thoughts. Mercy has cut a hole through the wall into Bolts and Wisu's room, where the two of them have cut a hole through the floor into the bowels of the Starliner. The group drops into the corridor and race toward the shuttles, but are soon being pursued by several men. Our heroes rush through a hatch toward the escape pods. Mercy, Wisu, and Jekka get into one of the escape pods, but Jason Bolt isn't coming. There isn't enough air in the escape pod for four people. He'll stay and hold off their pursuers. Mercy stares at him in disbelief, but he tells her, It's okay, Firecracker. He then says he knows why her mother gave her the name Mercy. Then Jason Bolt shoves her into the escape pod and seals the door. As the small escape pod blasts away from the Starliner, Mercy stares intently at the docking bay they just left. Seconds later, there is a large explosion, and Mercy sadly whispers a quiet no as the escape pod travels out into space. I love the way Ron Randall divided the story into three separate chapters based on location. The first chapter took place in New Gallif on Earth, and now the second chapter moves out into space. The early parts of this chapter remind me of an Alfred Hitchcock movie, a slow burn of suspense and anticipation that builds into a fast-paced, frantic, action-packed finale. I love that the story takes time to slow down briefly after the previous chapter and let our characters regroup. They even get bored as their days on the Starliner drag by. The introduction of Wisu is very well done, from his shadowed introduction through his quiet teaching sessions with Jekka. There's definitely more to learn about him. We also get a little more information about Mercy's mother. Jason Bolt doesn't know much, but he shares what he does know, and we see a nice montage of Mercy's mother in several action scenes. I can easily imagine a Trekker prequel miniseries about Jillian's adventures with Rigel. That would be great. And then, just as everyone seems to be relaxing and they're surrounded by the beauty of the Arboretum, the action kicks in and it's another roller coaster ride, right up to Jason Bolt's dramatic sacrifice. This story is fabulous. Now let's take a few minutes to talk about our favorite pages and panels. So Darren, what were your favorite pages? Well, to start, I have to choose a page from the amazing battle in the Arboretum. That sequence is a six-page fight, but every page feels unique from the varied layouts and different perspectives that are used. It's difficult to choose one page over another because they're all terrific, but if I have to choose one, I'll go with page 45. Okay, I got it. It is five panels that show a single sequence as Mercy fires her reeler at an attacker and then grabs Jekka while firing her reeler again and swinging up into a tree to get Jekka to safety. Then Mercy drops back down into the fight. It's truly dynamic, and you really feel the movement. 
That's a great choice. I really like that page. And then moving back to page 38. Okay, give me just a moment. Okay, 38. I love all the scenes of the different ways the group passes their time on the Starliner. Sometimes they're bored in their rooms. Sometimes Jason Bolt's showing Jekka around the ship. Sometimes Wisu is teaching Jekka about his staff. Mercy and Jason Bolt laugh over shug shakes. It's a charming little page. I really like that too, and it helps show the passage of time very well. I agree. And for my favorite page, we'll turn back to page 33. Okay, I'm there. It's the gorgeous full-page title page that has Mercy, Jason Bolt, Wisu, and Jekka walking through the space station. Each of their personalities are clearly visible. Mercy's out in front. She's in charge. Wisu is mysterious and shadowed. Jason Bolt looks casual and laid back, but observant. And Jekka looks in awe at Mercy. Meanwhile, the entire ceiling above them is glass, and you see multiple spaceships, lots of stars, and the moon. It's a beautiful page. I love it, too, and I almost chose that myself, so I'm glad you did. Very good. And what about your favorite pages? Okay, I have to choose a couple of montage pages among my favorites because they add so much to the story and the characters. First, go to page 40. Okay, I'm there. And that's a montage of Mercy's mother as a Rigel agent as Jason Bolt tells that story. You see her collecting information and making dramatic escapes. It's very interesting to me and fun to see what she was like. And I really like her muted purplish burgundy and gray uniform. You can see a few similarities to Mercy's uniform. That makes you think that she and her mother have similar taste. And they both recognize the importance of a functional uniform. I really like it. Yeah, I really like that page too. It really adds a lot getting to see just that one page of Mercy's mother in action. And I like the, her uniform too. Good choice. Now flip on over to page 49. All right. And there we get the montage of Jekka with her mother and her pet dog. I love the beautiful landscapes, and Ron Randall really shows off that he can draw the same character at different ages as we see a much younger Jekka here. The good Professor Allen mentioned Ron Randall's talent for this several episodes ago when there was a younger Mercy in an issue, and here is another great example of that. I agree. I remember him pointing that out and us having that discussion at that point in time, and you're absolutely right. This looks just like a younger version of Jekka. It's great. And my winning page is from the Arboretum fight sequence, page 43. Okay, let me go there. All right. I like the red tone all over the page from the alarm lights. And Mercy looks powerful as she is getting in some great blows on the bad guys while protecting Jekka. And the electrical charges in the last two panels look great. They're glowing and look so dangerous. It's a very exciting action page. Yeah, you can choose any page from that section and they're just all great. And you have things to say about them. Good choices. Okay, let's move on to favorite panels, and I'll start with page 39, so just back a couple of pages. It's at the top, as the group is enjoying their time in the Arboretum before the emergency. Wisu is once again shadowed, Jekka is enjoying all of the birds flying around. In the background, Mercy and Jason appear to be having a casual conversation, but you know they are still on alert. I agree, I really like that atmosphere there. Plus, I have to throw in that there are hummingbirds. I talk often about how much I love owls, but the other birds I love are hummingbirds. I've tried feeders to attract them to our yard, but with no success. Oh well, I'll just have to console myself with all of the squirrels that like to eat nuts on our back deck, and they like to rattle our screen door if there aren't nuts out there when they want them. They can be demanding. Yes, they can. You have them spoiled. <laughs> I do. So now we'll turn on to page 47, the panel at the very top. This is just as the battle is ending in the Arboretum. 
You see Jekka climbing down the tree in the background, and to the side you see Jason Bolt helping Wisu to his feet. And in the center, you see an out-of-breath Mercy St. Clair holding two bloodied knives, and you see the bodies of several men laying on the ground. Mercy's expression is confident and determined and a little frightening. Yes, I would not want to be her enemy. (laughs) And then we'll turn over to page 54 for my favorite panel. Okay, give me just a moment. 54, I got it. It's the last panel in the chapter. You see the small escape pod rocketing away from the large Starliner. It looks so tiny in comparison, and with it is the equally small speech bubble with Mercy's quiet no, as she realizes what Jason Bolt has done. It visually captures how Mercy feels. It's such a sad loss, and you feel that maybe Mercy has just realized that she actually liked Jason Bolt. That is a great panel. And sad. Now for me, let's go to page 31. Okay, I'm there. Look at the very bottom. This is the first time we see Wisu, and he's just a robed character standing in the shadows and holding a staff. He's basically a silhouette, and everyone knows I love silhouettes. It's a mysterious image, and you don't know what's ahead. Very nice. I like that image a lot. Now, just flip over to page 41. Okay, I'm there. And look in the center. There's a great panel of Mercy punching Bolt. The figures in motion are perfect as he is knocked off his feet. (laughs) I like that. I love how the panel is framed with a glimpse of a parrot's wings fleeing the scene and how you can see Jekka and Wisu off in the distance as they are turning around to see what the commotion is. That's a really funny scene. I'm glad you chose that because it's a little bit of a light moment in the story. That's fun. And my winning panel is on page 54. Okay, I'm there. And look in the very center. There's a close-up of Mercy's face as she watches the explosion from Jason Bolt's sacrifice. The expression is captivating. The sadness in her eyes and her slightly parted lips. You can tell that she doesn't want to believe what she is seeing, but she can't look away. It's a heartbreaking image. And I'm just stunned sometimes by Ron Randall's art, and this is one of those times. You couldn't have said that any better. I completely agree. I almost chose that panel among my favorites, but I went with the one at the very bottom. But you're right. That's a gorgeous image of of Mercy, and the expression is just amazing. Now it's time for Who's Who when we talk about significant characters from the stories and get to know them just a little better. Mercy St. Clair is a bounty hunter known as a trekker. She lives in Ontari Alley, which is a bad part of New Gellif. She spends most of her money on weapons for her job and food for her pet scuff, which is a dox and is a cross between a dog and a fox. Molly Sundowner is a local music shopkeeper and Mercy's best friend. She takes care of scuff when Mercy is away and is generous to a fault. Mercy is currently upset at Molly because she thinks Molly was helping Rigel trick her into joining this mission. Jason Bolt was an agent for Rigel which is a group of non-violent activists who oppose restrictive and oppressive governments across the galaxy. The first time they met, Bolt gave Mercy the nickname Firecracker because of her hot temper, and she countered giving him the nickname Space Case because she doesn't understand the pacifist nature of Rigel and its members. The first part of Rites of Passage included a couple of shockers when Bolt told Mercy that her mother was a member of Rigel before her death, and now Jason Bolt has sacrificed himself to save Mercy, Jekka, and Wisu. Jekka is a young girl being pursued by lots of agents from the council. Mercy can't get any answers about what's going on, but as Molly predicted, it is in Mercy's nature to protect someone in need. Wisu is just as mysterious as Jekka, maybe even more so. He is there to help protect Jekka, and he seems to be tutoring her along the way, but we don't yet know anything more than that. (laughs) 
Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time. Your feedback adds so much to the show, so a big thank you to everyone who took the time to write or to get in touch through social media. Before we start, we want to mention that we recently recorded a couple of guest spots for other podcasts. Rob Kelly invited us back onto his excellent film and water podcast for episode 100 to discuss one of our favorite Alfred Hitchcock films, which is Rear Window. The special episode features multiple guests, including Dr. Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary blog, and Siskoid of Siskoid's Blog of Geekery, and the podcasts Invasion, First Strike, Lonely Hearts Romance, and Give Me That Star Trek. It was a wonderful conversation, and the episode should be out in a couple of weeks, and we hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much, Rob, for inviting us on for this special episode. And speaking of 100th episodes, we recorded a segment for Professor Allen's 100th episode of the Quarterbin podcast, which has just been released. He decided to celebrate his 100th episode by reviewing 100 comics with a variety of guests. Needless to say, it takes more than one episode to talk about 100 comics, so his 100th episode special is six parts long. We are guests on part one, where we discuss a couple of issues of Terry Moore's classic comic, Strangers in Paradise. A big thank you to the good Professor Allen for this. And Randy Andrews invited us onto his Soundtrack Alley podcast to discuss one of our favorite Ray Harryhausen movies, which is Jason and the Argonauts. Randy has a nice format where he discusses the background of a movie, and then he plays cues from the soundtrack and discusses how the music works in the film. It's a fun podcast that we really enjoy, and we sincerely appreciated his invitation to join him to discuss this fabulous movie. We'll be sure to let everyone know when the episode is released. And now on to your feedback for the Rites of Passage Part 1. Pat, of the terrific podcast The Long Box Crusade, commented, Great episode. Good jumping on point for newbies to Trekker like me. I'm happy to hear you enjoyed it, Pat. Thanks. Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary wrote, Such a wonderful story, and you both hit all the high marks. Can't wait to hear the next episodes. And if you recall, last time, we read part of a letter that Ange wrote after reading Rites of Passage, and we saved a few of his comments that were relevant for later parts of the story. For part two, he commented, I found her relationship with Bolt fascinating. She doesn't agree with his non-lethal approach to battle, but also doesn't understand his sacrifice to save everyone else. Intriguing. One more story thing. I liked how each chapter was narrated by a different character outside of Mercy, letting us learn what others thought of our trekker. I really appreciated that comment, Ange. While I noticed the way each chapter was set in a different location, I had completely missed that each part was narrated by a different character. Very observant. Thanks. And continued, as for art, the fight scene on the satellite arboretum was well-paced and bloody gorgeous. Literally. From part two, Anz chose page 43 as his favorite, which was the same page that Ruth chose, and it's a great one. Thanks for the terrific letter, Anz. Jerry, a.k.a. Professor Frenzy of Bat Books for Beginners, wrote, Another terrific episode of Trekker Talk. Love the discussion. I picked up the rites of passage and will read it before the next episode drops. It's going to be so much fun to follow along. Joe Crawford said, I especially enjoyed the feedback this episode. We have the best community. I was also excited to hear what you thought of Ghost in the Shell. Joe is so very right about how wonderful this comic-loving community is. It's such a great group of friends. Thank you, Joe, for saying that. Mark Sweeney of the podcast I'm the Gun wrote, I'm one Trekker talk behind, so I'm looking forward to the two-episode mini-binge I've got lined up in Google Play. I recently purchased Rites of Passage, so I'm excited to be able to follow along with your latest and upcoming shows. I feel like I'm up to date on Mercy's adventures for the very first time, and I have you to thank for introducing me to such a well-crafted story. Thank you, Mark. 
John Baker wrote, as always, your podcast is a delight to experience. I appreciate the passion you have for Ron Randall and Trekker, which clearly and joyfully comes through on your podcast. We'd like to comment that Alan Baribi of Big Bang Comics shared with Ron Randall on Facebook. He said, I enjoyed the omnibus immensely, further cementing what I said to you, that clean art like yours is sorely missing today. And Alan shared that with the right haircut, Jamie Alexander, who portrayed Sif in the Thor films, could look great as Mercy in a Trekker TV series. We thought that was a wonderful recommendation. After seeing the Wonder Woman film, which we will talk about a little more later, we posted that we would love to see Patty Jenkins direct a Trekker film. Aaron Ornstein commented that he'd be more partial to an animated series with Kobe Smulders, who plays Maria Hill in the Avengers and Captain America films, voicing Mercy. We thought that was an excellent idea. We'd certainly get more stories that way. And Ron Randall himself replied, the very thought leaves me speechless. Chris of Bat Books for Beginners did a few fun shout-outs on social media for Ron Randall, Mercy St. Clair, and Trekker Talk that we loved seeing. Thank you so much, Chris. And we were happy to see this post from Maui Comics. Give our friends at the Trekker Talk podcast a listen. This podcast is solely about Trekker, the independent comic by Ron Randall, who also spent the day with us signing books and doing commissions a few months back. Definitely fun and informative. And in return, we want to recommend their fun podcast, Nerdwatch, which is also available on YouTube. We received a great thank you from Swagcat Aaron for his Trekker Toast Award, and he sent us a drawing of the Trekker Toast Award ceremony. It's terrific. It looks a bit like an Olympics award ceremony, with first, second, and third place medals being awarded. Mercy is in her uniform giving Aaron the top award, with Scuff and Molly receiving second and third places. Thank you, Aaron. That was such a fun drawing. We got into a fun exchange with Tony Greenall on Twitter. He wrote that while in Doncaster Market, he bought a copy of Dark Horse Presents No. 9 from 1987 just because of the Ron Randall Trekker ad on the back cover. Knowing that we liked them, he mentioned walking past the Topping's pie stall in the market and let us know that Topping supplies pies to the Queen and said, perhaps she's a big Trekker fan too. That made us think of a different Queen, which is Paul Guinan's Queenie from his Heartbreakers comic. So we shared the drawing he had done of Queenie and Mercy together and Paul chimed in saying, we keep threatening to do a crossover standalone comic, and it will happen one day. We will definitely love to read that. We want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who liked or shared our posts on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook, and we sincerely appreciate your support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it next time. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know. We'd be happy to correct that next time as well. The 20th Century Geek Podcast with Scott Weatherly, Aaron Orenstein, Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary Blog, Ashford of the Ride On Network featuring Feathers and Foes and Straight Out of Gallifrey, BC Fan 101, longtime fan of Ron Randall's Trekker, Ben Robbins, Brian Hackney, Brian Mulvey, Captain Marvel 75, Chris Mounts, Chris Sheehan of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast and the blog Chris is on Infinite Earths. Christopher Mills of the Atomic Pulp Blog and writer for Perils on Planet X, Gravedigger, and Femme Noir. Clinton Robinson of the Coffee and Comics Blog and Podcast. Comic Book Broadcaster. Comics in the Golden Age with Mike and Chris. Cullen Stapleton, Jerry McMullen, and John Holloway from the Worst Comics Podcast Ever. Dr. G. Manodardology of the Pulp to Pixel Podcast. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Eric Mannix from Out of the Fridge and Pages for All Ages. Eric Rivera. Geek Girl. Gene Hendricks from The Hammer Strikes and Anime Freaks. Jerry Green of Bat Books for Beginners. Jay Jones, a.k.a. FKA Jason of the Silver and Gold Podcast. 
Jeff Messer of the Geek Brain Popcast, Amazing Colorist Jeremy Colwell, Joe Crawford from the blog for the Non-Discerning Reader, John Baker, Karen Williams of Between the Pages, Larry Looper Jr., a.k.a. Vic Sage and writer for The Retroist, Laurel Phillips, a.k.a. Mountainflower, Let's Talk Masters of the Universe, Mark Adams of the Mark Smith Podcast, Mark Sweeney from I'm the Gun Blog and Podcast, and Comics Couplets, Martin Gray of the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl, Maui Comics, Michael Carlisle of the blog Crapbox Son of Cthulhu, Nathaniel Wayne of the Council of Geeks and Punch Like a Girl, Nicholas Prom of Comic Reflections, Paul Hicks of the Waiting for Doom podcast, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Randy Andrews of Soundtrack Alley, Reggie, co-host of the Cosmic Treadmill podcast, Rolled Spine podcast, Ron and Lynn Randall, Roy Cleary from the Silver and Gold podcast, Ruth Reese, Ryan Daly of the Power of Fishnets and Midnight the Podcasting Hour, Scott Eos Weldon of Weldon Studios, Swagcat Aaron, Tim Wallace of the Cord Industries Blue Beetle blog and the podcast Beetlemania, Timothy G. Kramer of the Provocative Praise blog, Tony Greenall, Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics, and Wendy Freeman of the podcast Double Page Spread. It's time for the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize someone who has gone above and beyond in supporting Trekker Talk. This listener is a great supporter of our show. He regularly shares and promotes our episodes, and he even surprised us with a terrific care package featuring a CD by the Hunters and Collectors, a Cthulhu Williams comic by writer Tim Stiles and artist Mortimer Glum, and delicious Tim Tams. And this care package came all the way from Australia. So we lift our glasses and give a thankful Trekker Toast to Paul Hicks. Congratulations, Paul. We sincerely appreciate your support and your friendship. I'm sure most of you know that Paul is the co-host, along with Mike Garvey, of the excellent Doom Patrol podcast, Waiting for Doom. If you don't already listen, we highly recommend it. And we'll be right back after we play a couple of promos for other podcasts that you might enjoy. Do you enjoy movie scores? Do you like science fiction? Like fantasy. And do you like movies? Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Well, I have a podcast for you. Soundtrack Alley. It's a podcast where I take you on a journey through the time of my childhood and beyond to give you a glimpse into the world of movies, science fiction, fantasy, and other films that touch me on a personal level. You'll also enjoy interviews from film composers from famous movies from the past 
or even current times. Enjoy the interaction I have with guests on my show every so often, and check out other shows that share in guest spots. So sit back, relax, and let the soundtrack world wash over you, and check out Soundtrack Alley. You'll love it. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. It's time for What's Up when we talk about other things going on inside and outside the world of Trekker. The Wonder Woman movie has just been released and we want to talk a little about it. So if you haven't seen it yet, please skip ahead because we don't want to spoil it for anyone. We're longtime fans of the character from the comics to the live-action TV series with Linda Carter to the excellent animated film from a few years ago. In the new movie, Wonder Woman is strong, confident, caring, noble, courageous, and loving. In essence, she's everything that is heroic in our minds. It's an almost perfect portrayal of the character and is probably the best superhero film since the first two Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, which are favorites of ours. We both left the cinema with big smiles on our faces and had an enthusiastic conversation about the movie on the way home. Director Patty Jenkins did a fabulous job with the film. She creates a great balance of action and humor and character development, and Gal Gadot really captures the spirit of the character. We really enjoy the Themyscira scenes and thought the sequence did a good job of establishing the Amazons. We loved seeing all of those strong and smart women. Now, The Princess Bride is my favorite film of all time, and it was a treat to see Princess Buttercup herself, Robin Wright, as a strong and noble Amazon. We thought the scenes during the battle on the beach did a good job of showing that the Amazons were great warriors, but having to face weapons that they had never seen before. Diana doesn't use her bracelets to stop that first bullet that goes by her head that kills an Amazon behind her because she has never seen a bullet before. She doesn't know what it is or what it can do. However, she and the other Amazons take in the situation quickly and respond accordingly in a very dynamic way. Chris Pine was also fabulous in the film. He's great in the Star Trek movies as Captain Kirk, and he's great here. And the always funny Lucy Davis is terrific as Etta Candy. We've been fans of her for a long time, at least since seeing the original UK version of The Office. She was so fun that I wish we had seen more of her. The scenes of Diana trying on normal clothes was hilarious. It perfectly turned that stereotypical scene that is in so many movies on its head, as Diana cared nothing for how the clothes looked. She was only concerned about whether or not the clothes were practical and functional. And it was funny when Steve Trevor put glasses on her to try to minimize her beauty, which didn't work in the least. Again, turning another stereotypical scene on its head. We were thrilled that the movie opened at $100 million, setting a record for a film directed by a woman. And we liked that Warner Brothers announced that Patty Jenkins would be directing the Wonder Woman sequel, and they made that announcement on Wonder Woman Day. That was appropriate. This is one of those very few movies that we will definitely be seeing again at the cinema. It's wonderful. And we've had some nice Wonder Woman tie-ins to our podcast recently. 
The Hero Initiative is devoting one of the excellent hardback books in their 100 cover series to the character to celebrate her 75th anniversary. Wonder Woman 100 features 100 newly illustrated Wonder Woman covers. If you aren't already familiar with the Hero Initiative, it's a nonprofit charity that is dedicated to helping comic book creators in financial need. It's a great organization and provides support in times of crisis for real comic book heroes. Many comic creators will often have a tip jar at their tables at conventions to collect donations for the Hero Initiative, and Ron Randall is one of the comic creators who does that. And the Hero Initiative also publishes these 100 Covers project collections periodically, where comic creators contribute an original drawing to the Hero Initiative. Both Ron Randall, who we talk about here at Trekker Talk, and Mike Grell, who we talk about on Warlord Worlds, provided covers for this new book. But it isn't just the book that raises the money for the Hero Initiative. The original cover drawings are auctioned off to raise money for the Hero Initiative as well. We submitted our bids for both the Ron Randall cover and the Mike Grell cover, but we didn't win either one. However, that doesn't make us sad because it means someone else got a drawing they really wanted and helped raise money for a great cause, and that makes us very happy. The Wonder Woman 100 book will be published later this year, and we'll definitely be getting a copy. We encourage everyone to look for the Hero Initiative booth when attending conventions. You can make donations as well as purchase these great books. And if you're at a convention like Rose City Comic Con or Planet Comic Con, you might find Colin, Jerry, or John of the Worst Comics Podcast ever running the Hero Initiative booth. They're great guys. And speaking of conventions, Heroes Con is coming up quickly. We'll be there, and we're very excited that Ron Randall is one of this year's guests. Heroes Con is always great, but having Ron Randall there will make it even better than usual. That's absolutely right. And if you're attending Heroes Con, send us an email or get in touch with us through Facebook or Twitter, and we'll have what Ruth Reese calls a Mercy Meetup. And stop by Ron Randall's table to pick up some Trekker goodies. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly, please send an email to trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr using the name Trekker Talk, and you can visit our website for links to our social media pages. And that web address is... TrekkerTalk.com Thank you, Charlotte and Catherine, of the excellent Mark's Mess podcast for that clip. You can listen to our show through iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and all of our episodes are always available at trekkertalk.podbean.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all the episodes for all of our podcasts, including Trekker Talk, as well as Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Every review helps this podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us likes on the videos. Remember, at TrekkerComic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways you can find Ron Randall. On social media, please use hashtag TrekkerComic and hashtag TrekkerTalk in your messages to help other fans find and follow the conversations. For those of you interested in the music that Ron Randall listens to while working on Trekker, he uses the hashtag TrekkerSoundtrack. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk.
Trekker Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music Movies and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Oh, 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 oh,